the Pew Bible. A few years ago, there was an Olympics held in Seattle, Washington. And the one event that's been talked about for years afterwards is the 100 meter final. Lined up on the starting line were nine contestants waiting for the gun to signal the beginning of the race. And as the gun fired, they started to run. Well, sort of. For this was the special Olympics, a competition for physically and mentally challenged people. And the nine young men and women were filled with excitement as they ran and laughed and raced toward the finish line. But then one little boy stumbled on the track. He tumbled over a couple of times and fell on his face. And as he lay there crying, the other eight hurt him. They slowed down, then they stopped and looked back. And together as one, they all turned around and went back. Every single one of them. One girl with Down syndrome bent down and kissed the fallen boy and said, that'll make it better. And then all nine of them linked their arms together and walked to the finish line. They said there was no apparent winner that day. They were wrong. There were nine winners. No, actually, there was a whole stadium full of winners because when that happened... Everyone in the stadium stood and they applauded and on and on and on and on the applause went. People cried and cheered and gave each other hugs and high fives. Now what happened that day to elicit such a powerful, heartfelt response from the people who witnessed this Olympic event? They had seen love in action. And it had such an overpowering effect on them, they had to stand and cheer. Such is the nature of the loving principle that we're going to talk about this morning. The effect of love in action is undeniable, moving, even life-changing. We're in the series of lessons entitled The Call to Discipleship. Six times throughout His teaching ministry, Jesus made a statement something like this, if you want to be My disciple, then... And He filled in the blank. Something is expected of us as Christ followers. If... Then, Jesus' call to discipleship requires some things of us. Now, two Sundays ago, we took a closer look at the first of these discipleship requirements, the abiding principle in John 8, verses 31 and 32. Last Sunday, we zeroed in on the second of these discipleship requirements, the producing 
principle from John 15, 1-17. And this morning, we're going to focus on the third of these discipleship requirements, the loving principle from John 13, verses 34 and 35. The call to discipleship. This third test of authentic, genuine Christ followers is the loving principle. John 13. Let's begin today's lesson by looking at the Scripture together. Follow along in your Bible as I read today's text. John 13, we pick it up with verse 34. Jesus is in the upper room with His apostles. And He says to them, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are My disciples if you love one another. Now I want you to notice how these same two verses are translated in some other Bible versions. For instance, the contemporary English version. Let's read this one out loud together. Would you read it with me? I am giving you a brand new command. You must love each other just as I have loved you. If you love each other in this way, everyone will know that you are truly My disciples. J.B. Phillips translates it like this, I'm giving you a new command, love one another. Just as I've demonstrated love for you, so you must demonstrate love for one another. This is how all men will know that you are My disciples because you demonstrate such love for one another. The Living Bible. I'm giving you a new commandment to you now. Love each other just as much as I love you. Your strong love for each other will prove to the world that you are My disciples. The message. Let me give you a new command. Love one another. In the same way I loved you, you love one another. This is how everyone will recognize that you are really My disciples when they see the love you have for each other. The New Life Testament. I give you a new law to live by. You are to love each other. How is this new? Because you must love each other as I have loved you. If you love each other with My love, all men will know that you are My followers. The voice. Yeah, there is a translation called the voice. (laughs) Let's read this one out loud together too. Would you read it with me? I give you a new command. Love each other deeply and fully. What does that mean? Just remember the ways that I have loved you. Then demonstrate your love for others in those same ways. Everyone will know that you are my genuine followers if you demonstrate your love to others. Simply put, if we love others like Jesus loves us, the whole world will take notice. Just like the Special Olympians. Everyone has to stand and applaud that kind of love. That's the effect of the loving principle. It does not go unnoticed. Now there are three key observations about today's text that merit our attention and explanation as we're looking at the Scripture together. First, we must observe love's direction in the loving principle. 
Loves direction. Once again, Jesus said in the first part of verse 34, a new command I give you, love one another. Now in what ways is this command new? I mean, isn't this just the second greatest commandment all over again? Remember, Jesus was asked in Matthew 22 and verse 36, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied in verses 37 through 40, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. And so when Jesus commands us here in John 13 and verse 34 to love one another, isn't He just reinforcing this second greatest commandment? I mean, in what way is today's text a new command? Well, I think the simple answer is in love's direction. To whom our love, in this case, is to be directed. The loving principle was, in fact, a brand new command at the time that Jesus spoke it here in John 13.34. For instance, let's just compare the two love commands. The earlier command instructed us, love your neighbor. This new command instructs us, love one another. Did you catch the change in direction there? The original command, although very, very important, after all, it is the second greatest commandment, is neighbor love. The new command is one another love. Don't miss that. The loving principle is all about our love for one another as disciples, our love for other Christ followers. It's all about how we love one another in the church, God's family. I disagree with the video we watched a moment ago. It's not about loving everyone. It's focused on our love for one another as fellow believers in God's family. This command to love one another, I mean, think about it, it really never existed before today's text because the church, the family of Christ followers, had never existed before. And Jesus was getting ready in just a little while after He told this command to be crucified and to die. And, and, and then He knew He was going to leave this earth and so He had some final instructions for His apostles to carry out in the church. And one of those instructions that's so very important is this one. Oh, by the way, when the church is established, when you get together after I'm gone, you must love one another. That's what makes this command new. Love's direction. Second, we must observe love's demonstration in the loving principle. Jesus continues in John 13 and verse 34, As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Once again, take note of the difference between how this love is to be demonstrated in this new commandment compared to the original Commandment. The second greatest commandment, love your neighbor, is qualified by the words, as yourself. This new commandment, love one another, is qualified by the words, as I have loved you. You see the difference? I mean, to love your neighbor as yourself 
is one level of love's demonstration. And it's a high level. It's tough to love your neighbor sometimes, right? But to love one another as Jesus has loved us, that's a whole nother level of love's demonstration. To love your neighbor as yourself is brotherly love. The Greek word, in fact, used in the text is philos, from which we get our word Philadelphia. It's the city of brotherly love. You know that term. It's a common, practical, actually kind of a conditional love. I love you because, or I love you if. But as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Now that's a Christ-like love. And the Greek word here is agape. By the way, it's a word that never existed in the Greek language until Jesus demonstrated it. Isn't that amazing? It's an unusual, sacrificial, unconditional love. It's the love that Jesus Himself described this way. John 15 and verse 13, Greater love has no one than this, that He lay down His life for His friends. That's what we're talking about, agape love. Paul put it this way, Romans 5 and verse 8. Let's read this one out loud together. God has shown us how much He loves us. It was while we were still sinners that Christ died for us. You ever think about that? It wasn't that you earned God's love. It wasn't that you cleaned yourself up first. No, it was while you were a sinner. God still loves. That's where God's love begins. The Apostle John put it this way, 1 John 4 and verse 10. This is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. The loving Principle. Here's the bottom line. We couldn't even begin to understand this agape love if it wasn't for the cross and how Jesus demonstrated His love for us. Love's demonstration. And third, we must observe love's distinction in the loving principle. Love's distinction. Once again, John 13, verse 35, Jesus taught us, by this all men will know that you are My disciples if you love one another. The question is, how will all men, how will people know for sure whether or not we are truly disciples of Jesus? The only answer is, by this, if you love one another. Now to my knowledge, there's only one time that Jesus gave the world, the people who do not yet know or follow Him, permission to judge us, the church, as to whether or not we are really genuine or authentic. And this is it right here. The world will know if we are truly Jesus' disciples by whether or not we love one another in the same way that Jesus loves us. And again, verse 35, By this all men will know that you are My disciples if you love one another. In his classic book, The Mark of a Christian, Dr. Francis Schaeffer writes, Through the centuries, men have displayed many different symbols to show that they are Christians. They've worn marks in the lapels of their coats, hung chains about their necks, even had special haircuts. 
Of course, there's nothing wrong with any of this if one feels it is his calling. But there's a much better sign, a mark that has not been thought up just as a matter of expediency for use on some special occasion or in some specific era. It is a universal mark that is to last through all the ages of all the church until Jesus comes back. What is this mark? And then he goes on and quotes John 13, verses 34 and 35. And he concludes, it is here that Jesus makes the clear, distinctive, distinguishing mark of the Christian. This passage reveals the mark that Jesus gives to label a true Christian not just in one era or in one locality, but at all times and in all places until Jesus returns. The loving principle. This is the one true mark by which the world has Jesus' permission to judge the church. Hmm. By this, all men will know that you are My disciples if you go to church on Sunday. No, if you read your Bible. If you pray. If you tithe. (laughs) If you teach a Sunday school class. If you have a t-shirt on that says, I'm a Christian. (laughs) If you have a bumper sticker on your car, or you have a chain with a cross around your neck, or a tattoo on on your arm. No. None of those. Only one thing. By this all men will know that you are My disciples if you love one another. Love's distinction. Well, that's a look at the Scripture. Now, what lessons can we learn from today's study? Well, I want to keep the application of today's lesson very, very simple. In fact, in keeping with the D theme that we use in looking at the Scripture, I have another word to use in learning from our study, and that's love's description. Let's talk for a moment about love's Description. What does this command love one another in practical terms? What does it really look like? How can we describe this agape love, this loving principle that Jesus gives us as the third test of whether or not we are truly His disciples? Well, did you know that besides this command to love one another, which by the way, once Jesus initially gave this command in John 13, verses 34 and 35, it is then repeated 13 more times throughout the New Testament to reinforce it, mostly by John, by the way. Love one another, love one another, love one another, love one another. But did you know that besides all those love one another passages, there are 21 more one another commands in the New Testament? Folks, these one another commands are the description of how we are to love one another. Now, rather than taking the time to read and expound on each of these commands here in today's lesson, aren't you glad? That would take way too long. I'm going to give you a homework assignment. Go, yay! (laughs) A homework assignment. I've listed, do you notice in your notes, all of these one another Scriptures in your lesson notes today. 
And here's what I want to urge you to do this week. Take this list home with you. Set aside some time to read and meditate upon each of these. In fact, since there are 21 of them, I want to suggest you take three a day. Okay? Three a day for the next week, the next seven days, and let this be a part of your daily quiet time. Look up the Scripture references and write down some personal insights from each of the one another passages and descriptions and ask God to help you to apply these principles to your life so that you can indeed love one another. For example, just look at the first one on the list here. Peace with one another. In Mark 9, in verse 50, Jesus commanded us to be at peace with one another. Paul put it this way, 1 Thessalonians 5.13, live in peace with one another. Now what do you think that Jesus and then Paul meant by this description of how we are to love one another? In practical terms, what does it mean to have peace or to live at peace with each other? Now, there's some good food for thought. Huh? That's just one of them. (laughs) Look at the second one. The one another on the list. Be devoted to one another. Romans 12, verse 10 begins, Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Again, in practical terms, how does this description to love one another, how does that play out in our daily lives? How do we show... How do we show that we're devoted to each other. You ever thought about that? Man, there's some good stuff here. <laughs> and the list goes on. Honor one another. Live in harmony with one another. Accept one another. Instruct one another. You get the idea. All of these one another Scripture passages are descriptions of the loving principle, what it actually looks like to love one another. And I trust that this homework assignment will help you to get a better grasp on today's lesson, this third test of true discipleship, how it can be lived out in our daily lives. So you got your homework. And I'm going to trust that you'll take this list home and you'll work your way through it. I'm going to do it, so join me in it, would you? Work your way through this list and ask God, God, help me to learn how I can really love other disciples the way that You have loved me. Which leads us to our final D word this morning. One more. And that's the word do. D O. I want to talk about love's do for just a moment. I mean, if you don't hear anything else that I said this morning in the application of the loving principle, please hear and understand this. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another is something we do. (laughs) Love is a verb. You know what that means? You had enough English? Okay. (laughs) Love is a verb. In fact, let's read 1 John 3, verses 16-18 through out loud together. Would you read it with me? We know what real love is from Christ's example in dying for us, and so we also ought to lay down our lives for our Christian brothers. But if someone who is supposed to be a Christian has money enough to live well and sees a brother in need and won't help him, how can God's love be within him? 
Little children, let us stop just saying we love people. Let us really love them and show it by our actions. The point is, love is much, much more than words and feelings. Love is action. Think, do. (laughs) Love is something we do. James 2, verses 15 and 16 puts it this way. Suppose you see your brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say, goodbye, have a good day, stay warm and eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? Again, the loving principle is something we do. Love is a verb. Love is action. Someone put it this way. I think I put it there in your notes. Whoever loves much does much. You want to love one another like Jesus calls us to do as disciples? Then do something. (laughs) Do something. Last Saturday, a week ago, at the Nazarene Missions International Convention, Bill and Olivia and I were there. The theme for the day was do something. (laughs) And they played this song and video by Matthew West, and I thought it was so good. It fits right here with what we're saying right now about love. Love is something you do. Watch this with me. trouble now. I thought, how do we ever get so far down? And how's it ever going to turn around? So I turned my eyes to heaven. I thought, God, why don't you do something? Well, I just couldn't bear the thought of people living in poverty and children sold into slavery. The thought disgusted me, so I shook my fist at heaven. I said, God, why don't you do something? Something. Yes, it is. Come on. 
If not us, then who? If not now, then when? The call to discipleship. This morning we looked at the third test of the authentic, genuine Christ follower, the loving principle from John 13, 34, and 35. Would you read Jesus' words out loud with me just one more time? Let's read it together. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Well, I began with the true story of love and action from the Special Olympics. Let me close with another true story that took place in a vacation Bible school some years ago. It was the Sunday night of our closing program in Castro Valley. And our worship auditorium was packed. The teachers of one of the classes, who was a teacher in our Christian preschool, by the way, she'd been out sick on Friday and hadn't encountered a little boy who had come just on that last day. The boy was unique because he had only one hand, a stub here. shook her a little. She began to be afraid of how the others, both the kids and the adults, would respond to him. In fact, she was so distracted by this that when the time came for her class to get up onto the stage uh, for their part in the program, she mechanically told them, okay now, let's all build our churches. You ever seen little kids do this? Here's the church. Here's the steeple. Open the door and there's all the people. You ever seen that? And so she told the kids, okay, let's build our churches. Here's the church. And that's all the farther she got. And she froze. And then suddenly she became aware of what she had done. This little boy couldn't build a church. See, he only had one hand. And after a moment of awkward silence, I will never forget this. The little girl standing next to this little boy said, Here. And she put her hand up to his. 
And she said, we can build a church together. Now folks, that little girl understood the loving principle. That love is when one disciple reaches out to another disciple to build God's church. And in a very visible way that night, I'll never forget, she taught her teacher Beth and the rest of us what it really looks like to love one another. May that be us. Oh God, may it be so that we, the church at Springville, would learn how to love one another like that.